This is Pastor Matt at North Plinko Baptist Church. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Not Another Revelation Podcast. We hope you guys enjoy. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Oh, we got a lot of information to cover. Wow. Yeah, we, we're coming. We're, we're getting right into the to the to the meat and the heart of things. Everybody, everybody's likes the the cool graphics stuff, and we get to use the Antichrist word this week. Oh. So everybody loves that. Yes, yes. In fact, I got an email um, from uh, one of our our faithful listeners who uh, reminded me or felt like that there was no there is no anti the Antichrist mentioned in the Bible that it's always plural. Uh, so we're going to address that. We're going to talk about that. Um, but yes, the Antichrist, the beast, yep. um, the the uh, the whole arc of it's really going to come out in this vision. And we know that it's a new vision because John starts it out with the I saw. And I saw. So we know in, throughout the book of the Revelation that in 4.1, 7.1, 7.9, 15.5, 18.1, 19.1, that when John says, and I saw, that now we're, we're, we're shifting vision. So we've just gone from this eternal view of the human experience, this view from heaven, if you will, to back, meanwhile, yeah. back on earth. And so, as far as our timeline is concerned, we're we're entering into um, kind of the end. Um, and in fact, uh, a, a lot of commentators think that what we've kind of done as we open the seals, we've worked through the tribulation because it ended with mass destruction and in the end of the story. And now he's backed up now to show kind of how this unfolds. Yeah. So, but regardless, it's a new vision. And so where it fits in the timeline, I think we'll kind of see um, that this can be overlaid on the seals and the trumpets and all that kind of stuff. But uh, where we get now is, um, and I saw, and we may not today get any further than the next <laughs> two words, a beast rising out of the sea. So let's let's talk about, let's, let's, let's uh, pull this, the, the Band-Aid off and let's talk about the Antichrist. When I was... Um, seven or eight, I was visiting my grandmother in Decatur for a few days. Mm -hmm. And there was a TV show that was a mini series that was Damien the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember here. See, I remember this, uh, the the Damien, I remember that um, being referenced and stuff throughout about just kind of the common misnomers about the Antichrist and stuff like that. So it starts out with him as a kid and since I was a kid and I didn't understand what all was being discussed, I, I kind of related to this guy. He got, <laughs> he got in trouble all the time, but he was really smart. And he, he, he um, I, as he gets older, um, he's super wicked, super evil. And every time he entered the room, you know, the, the music would be minor key. And realistically, that's not how the enemy attacks. No. Uh, he doesn't, it's not. I don't know who the Antichrist is, and, and neither do you, dear reader, listener. Um, but I do know that he's going to be an outgoing, likable guy. Well, suave. He's going to be Rico. He he's going to be uh, somebody that everybody's going to like, and everybody's going to think has got it together. If he's the Antichrist, he's going to be perceived as coming from God. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, and and I think about how the how the enemy works against. Me rarely is there this big flashing sign that says sin, stay away. Or, I mean, it's just like all in red and all these things, and it's like it's just lighting up my whole entire life. Usually, it's well, it doesn't seem that way. It's, it's not that it's big, not of a big deal. deal. I mean, it's not. I mean, most, I mean, everybody else is doing it, and you've done it before. So I mean, like it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and to see that, and, I, and then there are obviously sometimes where there's a huge flashing, don't do this, and I do it anyways. Sure, but sure. but a lot of but that's I mean, the, if we've all read and read and read. About sin and and about temptation, about these things, and how the enemy works. I mean, he's going to get in where I, I don't notice, and I think this is how uh, a big aspect of how the Antichrist is going to come to power. I guess is this whole suave, and again, does some seemingly good things, but with these faux intentions that we'll talk about here. I guess sure. in, in, in this next episode. Well, I mean, if Satan came to us. I mean, when, in fact, I would dare say that 90% of people, if they hear the words, you know, you're being satanic, they're going to think, 
You know, somebody wearing robes, yeah. standing around with candles and weird uh, just, just stars. Throw, yeah, just throwing pentagrams at people. Pen, yeah, yeah. Get your pentagrams drawn out with circles on them. Um, when I was at boot camp, I'm wearing a Marine Corps sweatshirt today, so I'm going to I'm gonna throw a boot camp story out there. When I was at boot camp, there was a guy who came to Paris Island, South Carolina, and said he was a Satanist. Love that. That was his religion. Um, and so he, he actually was involved in a lawsuit to get a Satanist priest to come in. Um, he drew lots of attention to himself because he was a Satanist, which is any time at boot camp is a bad idea. Right. Just, just really bad. So Makes sense. one day we were cleaning rifles on, on Sunday cause it's laid back day. We're cleaning rifles. And when you clean a, 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 a M16 A2 service rifle after utilizing it, you use lots of Q-tips. And so everybody kind of had piles of Q-tips around them. Well, this kid had made a circle out of the Q-tips and cause he was, more than a little bit weird. Yeah. And uh, senior drill instructor, Staff Sergeant Adams, is walking along, checking it out, making sure we're doing everything right. He sees this circle. He stands in the circle, and he says, um, turn me into a rabbit. And the kid comes to attention. Sir, private, don't, sir, I gave you a direct order to turn me into a rabbit. Turn me into a rabbit. Are you defying a direct order? And so... When we think of Satanism, we think of somebody that, that's going to make circles and they're going to, you know, do crazy stuff. According to Paul, one of the most satanic things we can do is to make accusations against other brothers. Yeah. That doesn't feel satanic. No. I'm not, I'm not throwing my brown robe on, um, sacrificing uh, a Virginian over here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just talking about this guy. Yeah, I mean, we're not throwing people in volcanoes. No, I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not doing things that we think of as satanic, and yet that is getting in line with what Satan does. Yeah. Same thing, same theme with the Antichrist. In 1 John, John writes, Children, it is the last hour, and you have heard that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists come, which, by the way, is, is, what is a proper... Yeah. The, John is understanding that somebody's coming who's called the Antichrist. You know that. Don't worry about the Antichrist coming. There's many Antichrists here now. Then So I, this is information we want. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. And that, that, that's, there's a lot of pronouns there. Right. All he's saying is, is that people that come to the church, act like Christians, last for a short period of time, and then leave, they prove that they were never really a part of us. Mm-hmm. That's all, all he's saying there. Don't, don't get wrapped around a hub about that. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you, have, you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one that denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and the Father. So John is saying that anybody that denies that Jesus Christ came from the Father and is of the Father is an Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Which tells me that we have to be really careful when we take the tack that says, well, we don't want to judge people. They say that they love God. They just, they, they... they aren't, a, you know, they're not a Baptist or they're not a Methodist or they're not a church God. They're not with, with us in that regard. But they, they clearly believe in God. Well, John is saying, no, no, no. If they deny that Jesus is the Christ, which is the anointed one, the Messiah, then they are an Antichrist. And so we have lots of uh, seemingly religious people in this country. We have people probably in this church who when we hear uh, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, they're like, well, yeah, I don't know. Well, but, I mean, yeah, he will, but also historically. I mean, you know, and they, they, you get that a lot. Like I saw, which, again, we talked about today, a lot of these little little clips on TikTok. I saw one of today of it's it's an apologist that goes out to, like, college campuses. It doesn't necessarily challenge people. just like, hey, ask, ask some questions. Ask some tough questions. And he said, and be prepared. I'm going to give you some tough responses. But right. but he said he just said something because ask because ask hard questions, and uh, and so one of them was like, you know, I believe, 
I believe Jesus, but like he was he was historical. He was he was a guy, but he, there wasn't really a resurrection. It wasn't really you know there wasn't really this and this and this and this. And the guy's like, how do you? How can and asking those questions of all the different responses and excuses that we've got in terms of I mean he was he was a guy but wasn't the guy and you you hear that I, I, and there are people in church who say that very thing yeah as I went to a Baptist college here in Alabama I had professors that would say and and actually had the guts in a classroom to say I want what I was taught in Sunday school to be true it's just not true. It, you can't feed 5,000 people with one lunchbox of food. It's yeah. just not going to happen. There's, and there's a lot, you know, even in a little, you think seemingly, you know, blue collar kind of location that we're at, you know, I, often I have some students who come in each week and talk about, hey, this particular history teacher said this this week, like a couple of weeks ago. I was, we had, I taught in Genesis on Abraham and the covenant. In our small group time with my middle school boys class, we got into, why Christianity is what we believe and not Greek mythology. Now, again, how I got there from Abraham, <laughs> middle school boys. I mean, that's how sure, I got there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it was because this history teacher said, yeah, that Jesus stuff isn't really – I mean, he was a guy but wasn't the guy. Greek mythology might be more reliable. And it's a new thing with, with this particular individual. It's kind of a new thing every week. Another, a, a different one may be the one that week. And it's like, man, you're, we're constantly having to refute these things. And it's because – and a lot of that, unfortunately, is just dripping with people who have been hurt either by church people people unfortunately sheep bitten per se and that's awful that's a terrible feeling and then ultimately people who are just and i think i find this a lot is people who are wrapped up in that thing we've talked about before of why does a good good god i put air quotes there you can't see him but why does a good god let bad things happen and 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 for some reason that's one that people just can't wrap their heads around and i know that gets off into a rabbit trail but like there's just there's a lot of reasons that we can say why there's no jesus and a lot of it is well i don't really want to deal with the Bad things happen to me, so I just don't want to deal with this. And, oh, and, there must, and there must be nothing good. And if the Jesus of the Bible is real, then those truth claims can then tell me what to do. And I don't like that. I do not want this guy to be able to tell me what to do because right. he said some really hard stuff. He did. <laughs> he did. I feel like I do follow him, and some of the stuff that he says I don't like. No, negative. When he says, hey— Biggin, the people who you you just don't like, you dislike, you hate, they don't, you don't want to be around them. You got to love those people. You've got to love those people. You need to pray for them. You need to want good things to happen to them. I don't like that. Dying to self. I, oh. that, I really hate that one, like a ton. So it's natural for us in our flesh to bow back on God and say, I don't think so. The first, the first, the first issue of sin we see in Scripture is, well, God, you know, did God really say? Yeah, I mean, he it wasn't really like he doesn't really mean that. Well, you know what? Yeah, he kind of does. And, and I think that those of us who are in the church, especially those of us who are pastors, have made kind of a mistake of of trying to frame things in black and white. And the enemy rarely comes against truth with falseness. Mm-hmm. He comes against truth with counterfeit truth. Right. It looks so close. And it's just why rock the boat and argue about these little points? Which circle brings us right back to what I think will be the driving force of the Antichrist. This counterfeit and I hate to put the word gospel on it, but this this counterfeit faith or this counterfeit oh, we're going to see that the world looks at it like this, it's good news. This counterfeit religion, faith, belief system, whatever, that's going to come. And, like, eventually, as we see, we they worship this dude yes. because of what happens. And, and so, I mean, that is the MO of the enemy is this counterfeit truth, these counterfeit things that are told to us in our hearts and our minds. Just, you know what? I mean, God said that, but it's really – it's really not. I mean, you were you were created as this, but you. I mean, you can kind of you can just be what you want to do. What you want to do, find your truth. Right, find your truth. And you know, it's really it's now as most people know, we're we're recording this in the deep south. In fact, I don't think it gets any deeper. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe like mid middle of Florida, like like maybe. No, Florida is not even the South. Yeah, there, there's parts of Florida, like the Panhandle part. There's some places I don't know how much I, I want to be I'm, in. I'm telling you, the very fact that riding back from Auburn yesterday, I saw a lot more <laughs> rebel flags than I've seen in a while. We are in the deep South, and right now, I guarantee you that there is someone who sat in my congregation last week that's not getting the the shot for covid because they're convinced that somehow it's the mark of the beast. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that it's got little chips in it, and that's the mark of the beast. And yet that same person can sit down and hear someone, I mean, I don't want to assign any names because I don't want to get sued, but like Oprah, um, saying, talking a lot about loving God, but never mentioning Jesus, Mm -hmm. and feeling and looking and sounding really close to the truth. They'll let that slide, and yet, well, the the barcode on my Krispy Kreme donuts is clearly the mark of the beast. It is. Had had three sixes in it. Not consecutive, but it had three sixes it had in it. I'm three just sixes. not about it. And so what John is saying here very clearly is, yes, there's an Antichrist coming, but settle down, Biggin, and worry about the Antichrist that you're letting speak into your life today. Mm. And we're letting a bunch of them speak into our lives today. Yeah. And so anybody that denies the deity of Christ, anybody or any group or anything that that pushes back against the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, is an antichrist. Mm-hmm. So, Christian, rather than worrying about the the barcode on your, your donuts or on whether or not there's uh, Bill Gates has put chips in the, in the vaccine, hey, let's worry about what we let speak into truth into our lives. Well, because, again, if we're looking at this from, again, the pre-pre standpoint that we've kind of taken this, um. As a believer, if if you if you if I know who Jesus is and believe that He is the Son of God, if I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and and was raised on the third day, I don't. I have a lot less to worry about in the end of Revelation than I do as what John says: all these little antichrists that I let that I may let into my life or, or may let influence my outlook or my uh, how I how I view things. I have a lot more to worry about in John's opinion of this. And I'm not saying that, that that John's opinion in the Revelation is any different or his visions are any different, but one's a lot more applicable to me today than it is when yes. forgetting by looking at a pre-pre. I'm not here. <laughs> right. I, I'm out. <laughs> so in Second John, he says more or less the same thing. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Well, we've seen all throughout history individuals that have been called the Antichrist. When I was doing his, some history lookup about some early believers in early church, one of the first times this is one of the first times this is used after this is pinned and towards one of the emperors is uh, Caligula, that the Caligula is the Antichrist. Well, then no, well, Nero's the Antichrist. Well, no, and all of them were doing things that were anti the gospel and anti-Christ, but none of them were the Antichrist. And, right. and I think that's what this is what John is saying is, look, there's a lot more going on than this, than this end time stuff. Like right now, there's some stuff going on now that you can't overlook. I mean, if I was alive in 1939, I would be doing some outline work. If, is yeah, Hitler sure. the Antichrist? I mean, yeah. He's pulling some people together. And then after that, it was Gorbachev and all these, and then whatever president, whoever it is that sure. has been elected, got elected, he's the Antichrist. Um, as, I mean, as every time that since I was old enough to either vote or, or be uh, aware and know and care about, it was Obama, then it was Trump, now it's Biden. All three, all three of them can't be. So, I mean, either pick one or, or so I don't know. All three of them can't be, no matter how you feel, what side of the spectrum you fall on politically. Um, but there's a ton. I mean, we throw Maybe that around. Maybe they're tagging up. Maybe they are. We throw that around so nonchalantly, almost. When I don't even really know. Like you said, we think it's going to be some. We, I just think I think we think it's going to be something that I don't know if it's that it is. I, I think I think much more of the suave and the smooth talking and the lead, faux leadership and the faux peace that is brought. I mean, I think that's I, I think I can see how how impactful that would be weaving in its way into our culture and into our world rather than just the guy who stands up like, well. It's me, y'all. Right, <laughs> y'all gonna follow? Here's my here's my black hood and my my pentagrams. Y'all coming with? That's right. He's all tatted up. Yeah, I don't think that's. <laughs> he's in the group um, Apollyon. Yeah, he's in Apollyon. <laughs> yes. So I think that one of the things we can take from, and I saw the beast rising out of the sea, is, dear believer, be you know to go back to the sensual class. Be careful, little mind, what you think. And be careful what you let into your heart. Be careful what you let into your children's heart. And anything that denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Mm -hmm. is against and set up by the enemy, run away. Don't let that into your life. All right, so let's... The imagery that we see here from, we see the beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, ten diadems on its horn, and blasphemous names on his head... And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like a bear, and his mouth was like a lion's mouth. 
and to it the dragon gave his power. All of this imagery is almost directly coming out of Daniel 7, yeah. where we, we parked for a little bit, um, we, we looked at it, but I want to remind us, and I'm going to read uh, Daniel 7, 7 through 12, 19 through 25, and I want us to see some of this imagery. Daniel writes, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked out by its roots. Which does not sound like a pleasant experience. No, it makes it sound like a, like a bad trip at the dentist's office. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. I, I think that, uh, like a wisdom tooth. Yeah. And behold, in this horn, the little horn that came up after the three horns were torn out, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. And I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked then because the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. So here we have this throne room scene that we saw in the beginning of Revelation being played out. And at the same time, this distracting noise from the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it, it's not evil word. It's great words. He's saying great stuff. Yeah. It sounds so good. So uh, I looked, and because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking, and I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over, given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, for their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying. With its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet, and about the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn that came up, before the, which the three of them had fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and that seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, the horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, As for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, and it shall devour the whole earth, which shall be different from all the kingdoms. And it, uh, as for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones, and shall put down three kings." He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the law and there shall be given unto his hand for a time, times, and a half time. So we've already looked at this text and seen that that's three and a half years, time, one, times, two, um, and then a half a time. So that's two plus one is three, three and a half years. So um, the, the, the imagery here is almost the whole arc where we've been flashing back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. We see the Ancient of Days, which we saw in, in uh, the first part in Revelation 4. We see um, the, the kingdoms arising, which are, are put he here. The descriptions are the same. So we see a lot of the same imagery out of Daniel that we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. And so Daniel defines that the ten horns are ten kingdoms. Right. Okay, so you've got ten horns, but then seven crowns. So that would make sense if you had ten kingdoms or ten alliances. So let's say um, there's some alliance on earth that's going on where ten kingdoms have all joined in together. Three of them somehow for some reason are taken out. Maybe they're absorbed. Maybe, uh, you know, Australia becomes part of the Pac East. Mm -hmm. I, I, it doesn't say. I think that when this happens on earth, there's going to be those believers here on the earth who are going to go, well, it doesn't get any clearer. Yeah. And, but for us today to try to speculate on how the Ten Kingdoms, how this alliance is going to work, I, I think is foolishness. But we know that there's going to be some kind of alliance, and the Antichrist is going to be able to accomplish something that every 
great leader through human history has tried and failed. We've all read the story of Alexander the Great weeping because there were no kingdoms left for him to destroy. Yeah. All he had to do was turn north because China would have met him head on. <laughs> he had not controlled all of the known world. Yeah. He controlled a very small part of the world. In fact, his kingdom, compared to the kingdom that Genghis Khan would have, was pretty small. Yeah. Um, Genghis I, I got a feeling there were some Vikings somewhere who were not who were not people you wanted to mess with. I, I guarantee that Alexander didn't turn north into Germany. No. <laughs> because some of those people be crazy. <laughs> they will. They will stop you. Kill you and then eat you, and that is it's not a recipe that I'm a big fan of. Julius Caesar, went, after he conquered England, his um, uh, the guy general that he had sent there to conquer England. Once he got north to the where those Scots and Picts were, uh -huh. he he decided, why don't we just build a big wall here? <laughs> Keep those crazy dudes out. <laughs> They're painting themselves blue and eating us. Yeah. So um, it's, a no from, it's a no for me, Jules. It's a no for me. <laughs> I got a plan. Here's what we'll do. Let's just build a huge wall, but it's a big country. I can build a big wall. <laughs> Again, the, the Chinese covered a whole lot, a lot of land, but when they got started dealing with the Mongols, build a wall. Let's, let's put a big wall up right here because <laughs> I'm not fighting those dudes. No king has ever able to been able to sit back and say, it's all mine Yep. until this happens. Mm -hmm. And so John and Daniel both say, this fourth kingdom's different. It controls everybody. Now, part of the reason why I think that Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan all failed is because um, communication. Genghis Khan, uh, there are people who've written hundreds of books that look at how his supply lines had gotten really stretched yeah. out. Well, um, supply lines are done differently now. Yeah. I mean, during the blitzkrieg of, of Hitler, he showed that you don't have to march across a country to conquer it. Mm -hmm. You can just fly to that capital and take it, and then who's going to fight you? Yeah. And so things have shifted. The, the, the birthing pains, if you will, have gotten stronger. It's easier now to supply your troops. It's easier now to do things. And through communication and guile, it's easier to make people believe things that they wouldn't have believed. Well, and also, if you just get fed up with all of it, there are countries who have the nuclear weaponry to just say, well, thanks Thanks for playing, guys. We'll, we'll catch you guys later. Absolutely. And so you, you get into a situation where through, again, through guile, through what people believe, I, I would dare say, in Mike, I, I recently was flipping channels. Uh, we, we, do, we don't have cable now. We do um, uh, like a YouTube TV, YouTube Plus, and we were flipping channels, and I settled on um, – the last 30 minutes of an episode of The Wonder Years. Mm. Hadn't watched that in a long time. Used to really enjoy it. Kind of had a little bit of crush on Winnie. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so I, I just watched an episode, and watching the dad, watching the interaction between the dad and the mom, I, I, I literally thought, that's a different world. I mean, that's that's the, the American 60s, mid-60s to late 60s, and it doesn't feel like the same culture. It's, it's at not. All. It, and, and if you and if you have a lot of the traits from that culture, you are weird and and in the minority to say the least. I mean, it's just it's just for whatever reason, for good or bad, whatever your opinion is, it is it is just not the same. And we're we're in a weird situation where. Um, I don't know what happened a few weeks ago in D.C. Mm -hmm. in that I wasn't there. And even if I was there, I couldn't be everywhere where things happened. Yeah. And so I'm dependent on the fourth estate, the media, to tell me what happened. And I, I don't trust any of them. I, have, I, I don't. Some, I, the best I can come to is something went down. There were a lot of flags. A lot of flags. Somehow the Viking guy got into the Capitol. <laughs> Somehow, who is now he's really mad at Trump. Did you see that? I, well, he's really mad at him now. I, I I don't I don't know. Like once again, it all goes to show. I have no idea what went down. We don't have a clue what went down. And you know, if you look at um, what happened 
uh, that started the American popularity toward the Vietnam War, the, the Tonkin Sea incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know now that nothing happened. Mm -hmm. It was totally made up. Yeah. But if I've got Walter Cronkite that breaks in in the middle of my supper to say something happened, why would I disbelieve it? Several, 40 years ago, um, Malcolm X said this, the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent, and that's power because they control the minds of the masses. The press is powerful in its image-making role. It can make the criminal look like he's the victim and make the victim look like he's the criminal. And if you aren't careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. That is really, that's eerily true. Well, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to speak to, you know, Fox News versus CNN because I really, like I said, I don't trust any of them. Yeah. Um, I'm saying that in in the world that we live in today, unlike any time in human history, what we know can be controlled by somebody else. Yeah. What we believe actually happened, and people will just open your Facebook feed. People believe with strong uh, opinions what they think happens based on what the information that they have gotten and the truth is immaterial. Mm -hmm. And so now the ability for someone who comes in that can control things to be popular around the world is powerful in a way that has never occurred before. If you read the history of the French Revolution, you would have these waves of people that would say, the, the monarchy and all the elite are bad. And so this wave would run through the country where everybody's killing monarchists. And then the, the Jacobites, who were the people who were saying that, all of a sudden now they're the enemy. And so everybody's killing them. And it was just these waves of people. And so nobody, just the average Joe who was going to work, had no way to know the truth. And yeah. so it allowed this craziness to occur. And what we see in the book of Revelation happening is somebody's got those reins that can control the whole earth. And people are going along with what, as we read the story, looks like absolute craziness happening, but everybody's happy to go along with it. Yeah. And, and as I look today, I can so easily see that occurring. I mean, you can see the argument now, and it, and it may be the aspect of, like, political globalism. It, it might be in terms of, like, a, a political construct. It may be that. It could be something that I've never even heard of or even seen. But, I mean, like, the, the way stuff's going, you know what, let's all just band together and, and, and try to make this, thing, make, this, make this a better place. I can see somebody taking that and running with it right now because there's turmoil everywhere. And, honestly, who here has voted for for. I haven't voted for a politician in probably 20 years. Mm -hmm. I've voted against whoever's running against them because they're the lesser of two evils. Yeah. To the point that I read Charles Spurgeon said, when given the choice between two evils, choose neither. I just decided a few years ago that I'm not going to do that anymore because I, it was bothering my conscience to look at someone that I voted for acting the fool and me feeling like I'm participating in that. Yeah. No, I'm not. I, you follow your conscience. Uh, dear listener, as you see fit in politics, but my point of this is if somebody came along who was just likable, that was somebody that I would want to have in my house, who just really showed that he cared for people. Yeah. And he's not pitching a fit. He's not acting the fool. He's not getting on Twitter and acting crazy. He's not doing this thing. He's not doing that thing. He's no, just a, nobody's in his ear telling him what to say or what not to that's, say. That's right. <laughs> Salute the Marines. He's, Salute the Marines. <laughs> he, he's not wandering off, <laughs> wandering around the White House looking for Abe Lincoln. Just somebody who's like a down-to-earth kind of guy that's yeah. got a likable message. Somebody, I could see that just blowing up. Somebody who loves people and is real. I mean, like, that's honestly all people want to have in a relationship anyways is, hey, do you you care about people? Are you a half-decent human? You're not going to, like, stab me in the back or lie? Okay, yeah, we're cool. And, and you're not very clearly trying to hook some family member yeah. up or yourself up. You're not walking around <laughs> with sniffing and so, people. Or, oddly enough... This way of leadership, man, that would be kind of a breath of fresh air. It would. And so I, I get it. I see it. I mean, I could see in this country right now, if somebody was all for sacrificing puppies, but other than that, they were a generally nice person, 
Cats it is. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Cats it is. And so this is somebody that, as the throne room scene is unfolding and 10,000s upon 10,000s of people are worshiping their king, this guy's murmuring in the background. Mm. And he's saying great things. People are going, hey, have you heard what old Annie had to say? Oh, I see. <laughs> I don't know what his name's going to be. It might be I Damien. Like it might be Annie. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, Annie's got some good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about his his religious stuff, but I'll tell you what. He's he's taking care of this whole problem. Look over that pentagram. It's probably mean. Exactly. <laughs> so, rising out of the sea, we're not going to get. We're definitely not going to get out of <laughs> verse one today. He rises out of the sea. Now, some some people have taken this to say. Um, this could 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 mean any number of things. It could be he's an American because for um, the Israelites they didn't know what an, for for Daniel or for John they didn't know what an American was. Mm-hmm. So rising out of the sea could be that he's coming from over over there. I, I think that that's just America is over there, right? Right. I mean, over there is just America. Well, I've looked at a globe. It's all. <laughs> If you look at a gl- at, at the map of the world, America's right in the middle. <laughs> it's all about us. Before you ru- jump down that rabbit hole, recognize that in Isaiah seventeen twelve, Isaiah fifty seven twenty, the idea of out of the sea is generally understood in Hebrew writing, and for John's audience, would have been not Israel. Yeah, the, from the Gentile nations. Well, and, and from some stuff I've said, it's an almost the sea is kind of a like, we don't we don't know. I mean, we don't know what's there. What to an extent outside of the ones that we know, Galilee and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, all you every, every everybody in Alabama, we we this is what we do. Those of you who are outside of Alabama, this is our culture. In the summer, we go to Gulf Shores. Yep. And in the fall, we go to. Gatlinburg. Right. That's, that's it. what we do. We go eat pancakes in the fall, look at a bear. And we go to, Lulu, and we go to Lulu's in the summer. That's right. And in the summer, we go down to the Floribama. Yep. So if you're standing in Gulf Shores on the white sands of Gulf Shores looking south, you don't see Cuba out I there. Do, you do not. It just, and it, and it is overwhelming to just look out and say, there's something else. Yep. And we're, we're used to perspectively uh, being able to, you know, stand up on Nakula Falls and go, no, there's still plant, there's, there's this, there's that. If, oh, just over that hill's Aniana. And, and, and so you look out over the sea, and it's just intimidating. It's just there. Yeah. And in the first century, it was not uncommon. It wasn't an everyday occurrence, but it wasn't uncommon for some people to come on their boat from that sea over there over there that i didn't know and they showed up with swords and stuff well yeah and, and took the, my stuff and that sea brought a lot of a, a sense of it's unpredictable of how many people are shipwrecked and man we only we know a little bit but not a ton about how it works and how and how things are gonna go and all of a sudden you might be there and a storm may pop up and there, you don't have a boat and you're dead now i mean like there's this aspect right. of this, there's just this big open abyss, and we don't we don't know. Well, and if you going back to Gulf Shores, have, have you ever been around Gulf Shores as the hurricanes approaching? No, I haven't. It's it's an eerie, not that when you see pictures of hurricanes coming in, that odd grayness that yes. comes around in the atmosphere is there. I I don't know of anything that I see that's as creepy as that grayness kind of darkening of things as when we see in revelation where like the where like the sun's blocked and like there's darkness i I want no part of that because that is just a freaky thing to me and so if you're used to living on the sea and the storms that come in that today it's nice tomorrow all literal hell is breaking loose from that sea and i have been on several disaster relief efforts where we show up the day after a hurricane and it is weird how beautiful the sky is because all mm. the moisture has been sucked out yeah, of the yeah, sky. Yeah, yeah. Everything and it's beautiful. The sky is crystal blue, and it's almost like the weather's taunting you. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, this is nice. And you you if you just look out to see, it's like oh, this is really nice. And then you turn around and and all the houses there's are palm in the trees top. everywhere. Yeah. Yes, um, so. For a first century person, the sea is intimidating. It's scary. It's unknown. It's unknown. And so don't 
try to get geographical with this statement from across the sea, just recognize that there's a lot of baggage there that um, I would dare say that in first the first century world, a whole there weren't a whole lot of people that were building beach resorts. Yeah. <laughs> because the sea typically did. If somebody showed up in a boat, it was trouble. It was there's a problem. They're probably not bringing me gifts. No. Um, I mean, if we look at the Vikings, if we look at the white people that showed up to the Americas, um, that it wasn't a pleasant experience once nope. these people got off their boat. It was not. And, and there's not a whole lot you can do. You're standing there or you're watching these boats come up, and you're like, oh, this is not, not going to be good. <laughs> so over, coming over the sea, there, um, ten horns and seven heads. We've already talked about the ten um, horns or ten kingdoms, seven heads. Three of those kingdoms are ripped out by the roots. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not a pleasant experience. So there's some, even though the Antichrist has control over the whole world it's not all pleasant yeah i mean some people and i don't know if that person whatever country i guess would be particularly baptist but if you change from pews to chairs guess what some people don't like it and they leave yes so, yes. so they may just not like some people just don't just frankly just don't like change and they're just going to take their ball and go home i mean some people just don't like yes it. and so those three horns said you know what no well, and then fine. they're ripped out by the roots yep and again not a pleasant nope. image I, 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 my mind went to the same place that you did, getting a, a, a wisdom tooth cut there out. There is nothing like the noise of of, of drilling on a tooth. I, I, I can't. I Have don't you ever like had it. a wisdom tooth pulled? I, I've had. I had, well, I was asleep, but I've had you know kind of the. I've had um, root canals and teeth pulled and stuff like that, and it's just. I think also kind of my dentist was kind of a jerk, but nonetheless, I don't. I, I don't, got one on you. I, like I had it. a wisdom tooth pulled. This was in the military, mm-hmm. and the bottom of every class has to go somewhere, and it's the Department of Defense. Yeah. And so I had a dentist that pulled a wisdom tooth and had given me, the, the corpsman had given me the anesthesia on the wrong side. And so the sound oh, no. of the popping no. and ripping as no. he's got these, these hemostats yanking on my tooth. I'm about to pass out. This is, this is the worst. There's just that... that, that it, Pulled out by the a horn pulled out by the root. It wasn't pleasant. So there's clearly political turmoil. There's some shots fired. <sighs> which if we're if we're overlaying this story on the the seals being broken, and we saw wars and rumors of war leading to open conflict, leading yeah. to start. We can see. Okay, so three of the countries bowed up, and the Antichrist not only was a pleasant guy, um, which again I could see absolutely if if. You have the right perspective, increasing his popularity. You know yeah. what? He took care of business. He sure did. You know what? Libya bowed up. We sent some bombers over there, and we took care of it. And so that's he's got control. He he is in control. Now, we're, we're going to end on this, it, and blasphemous names on its head. There's no doubt that this person is against God. To me, when reading this, there's a lot to be... I don't want to say I don't want to say scared. There's a lot that would bring alarm to you, and the ter- how often there's just blasphemy in this passage, and how it's talked about, and how that that's what this, that is one of this guy's main mo is just the blasphemy of of, of God and of Jesus. I don't, I I don't like that. I, man, that just there's that the. I, when I when I think of how frustrated Jesus gets with the Pharisees and how and how he treats blasphemy there, I want no part of that. Like that really just kind of I'm and as a and as a a pastor as a as a someone who who speaks and, and kind of like we talked about this morning of, of who says thus says the Lord. I mean, I just kind of was like, man, I don't want to. That's not the that's not the pl- the club I want to be in. I really that really really jars me and scares me when I see that word. Well, and we. Well, first of all, as a culture, we've become immune to GDs being dropped. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, when when we lived in the Middle East, I, I several times saw people watching an American movie, and when a protagonist or an antagonist would would say Jesus Christ, that that would anger them, mm. and I would think. I don't think any Christian would be angry at that. And here's this yeah. Muslim man wow. who's going, they're they're speaking ill of this prophet of God. Turn that off. And I would think, you know, if I was watching this with a youth group, nobody would have even noticed no. that the guy said that mm. because we've become immune to it. So it, it's natural for us when we think of blasphemies to think, okay, GDs or, God, you know, 
um, but we forget that the commandment to not ascribe things to God, the, the not taking Lord thy God's name in vain, the lowest, clearest aspect of that is using God's name in vain by dropping a GD. The part that we fail to recognize is that's ascribing to God anything that's not him. And so a group of pastors and priests blessing an abortion clinic is wow. high blasphemy. A preacher saying in a Baptist church, well, God said so-and-so, but that's blasphemous. Well, I, I don't, you hate to get super political, but the, 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 marrying, the marrying of couples who are living outside the will of God, again, where that lands is whatever in, in terms of the specifics of that, but that in and of itself is that's that's not how God intended it. That's not what that's not what God meant for marriage. And again, how there's a couple of things that people have that have associated Christianity and, and, and politics on that's like abortion and and the sanctity of marriage. It's just not. It's pretty clear, you know. And, and so attributing those things to as a pastor, as an ordained person who would do that, that's just it's, it's tough to get by. It's tough to say, you know. Well, he he lets it slide. Well, you know what? No, he doesn't. Yes, and that's that's ascribing God's blessing to something that He's clearly said is cursed. We, um, not not to offend anybody, but I, I just want to be clear: when we in the church say, you know, the Lord's really laid on my heart. God told me. God said. That's some dangerous words. Because oh. and, and it is not because it's questioning can God speak to someone because we see that all throughout Scripture, but it's how often we use that as a crutch or even as meetings where I've heard someone say what they're saying is I really want, but what they say is I feel the Lord saying. Yeah, the Lord's just laid on my heart, and if you say thus said the Lord. And it ain't something that came from God, but it's just your opinion. God help you. Yeah, for sure. Because that is blasphemous. When and I would even go so far as to say, and God, I, and God help me. God help us as pastors. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, goodness, like guarding my heart from that. Like again, you hear that term blasphemy, and I just, oh man, it just like almost makes the the hair stick on my neck because it's like, man, what have what have you said lately? Is really what goes oh, to my head. It's like, what have you? How dumb have you been lately? Just, what have you said? What have you screwed up and done wrong? And when, when a politician, whether they have an R or D after their name, stands up and misquotes or misuses oh. a Bible verse to either appeal to their, their base or to make a point and they throw a Bible verse out there, oh, wow. Dude, that's scary. Yeah. Um, so be careful that you don't just reduce the fact that he, 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 that he has blasphemous names on his head that that that's you know that he's he is saying that he loves Satan and he's he's smooching with Beelzebub. I just, I just don't think it's going to be that obvious. I don't think it's going to be. I think the guy's going to be likable. He's yeah. going to be and the serpent seemed like a real suave kind of person. And it's really easy for us to, as Christians to go, yeah, I know that there's this area, but look at these. Things. This guy makes a good point. He, he makes a good point, and you know what? Nobody else is saying it. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, he must be new. He must be new stuff. Must be right. So we as believers, first of all, we, we need to realize that our swim lane is the gospel. Yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to convert anybody to an R or D. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make disciples for Jesus Christ to build his kingdom. Yep. And again, I, we've said it in this podcast multiple times, but I quote Derek Webb. We, our first allegiance is not to a king or a country. I'm, I'm sorry, not to a flag or a country, but to a king and a kingdom. Yeah, there's not a, what's the other one? There's not a... Uh, we don't we don't worship the the donkey or the elephant. We worship the lamb, or and ha- whatever turn of phrase you use for that. I mean that that one always kind of sinks to my core of yeah. What are you? Where's your faith really at, big fella? And so recognize that whenever we worship politics and we think that a politician's go- going to save us, we're in danger mm. because God uses politicians um, for His glory and for His purposes, and. Our faith is in Christ and Christ alone. Mm. And so we need to be really careful. Um, the, the gospel plus anything is, equals nothing. Yeah. The kingdom plus anything, we, we've undermined the truth. And we've got to be really careful of that. And I can, I, you don't have to get, we've gotten really serious here. And you don't have to be. Let me give you an example of as a preacher, 
one of the places that I caught myself. I had a friend who was a pastor that I was discipling, and he called me and he said, um, hey, in my church, they're trying to put Christmas trees in God's house, and I don't like it. And so I said, okay, let's back up a little bit. First of all, that building ain't God's house. Mm -hmm. The people in that building, each one of them is the temple of God, but the building is is a building that God's houses are meeting in. So it's a it's a it's a development, if you will. <laughs> um, and second of all, when you start waxing eloquent from the pulpit about your opinion, th when you are actually dealing with something that God said, you've undermined your authority. Mm -hmm. If I get in the pulpit and I preach against women wearing pants. I preach against guys having long hair. I preach against beards. I preach against something that I have a strong opinion about. And I imply that that's God's word. What that does is that means when I actually do say, Jesus said, let them all come unto me, people are going, ah, that's the same guy who also said that men who wear. And that's the thing with some of the mainstream uh, pastors and leaders that to say that such and such pastor, everything he says is bad, well, that's not true because, I mean, I'm sure there's something he says that's true, and maybe he just slips up and reads Scripture one day, and maybe that's the part that's true. I don't know. But there's probably something that he says or whatever that would be true, but then you see the clips of, dude, you, that was dumb. Like, I you really sometimes scream at the TV. I literally scream at the TV, shut and, and up. I, and we've both said this. I do that now. Like, I go back and look at, like, old summer manuscripts. It's like, yeah. You said that? Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? Where did you get that idea from? Yes. There, there's nothing scarier than watching or listening to, to a sermon from 20 years ago and, and go, let's go ahead and I'm going to delete that MP3. <laughs> I'm going to call that church and make sure that their tape ministry destroys any <laughs> copies of it. Yes, absolutely. So thank thank you, Lord. God uses crooked sticks to draw For straight sure. lines, to For quote sure. Martin Luther, who's another great example of yes. somebody that uh, we can find lots of holes in his his. Uh, stuff. But my point, the point of all this is, is we go back to what we said in the beginning. The plumb line that we use as we determine whether or not we let our affections move towards something, whether we let our our hearts move in a certain direction, isn't political expedience. It isn't likability. It is how do they deal with the person of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. Because if they deny that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God, no matter who, the, no matter what what Supreme Court justices they're going to appoint, no matter how great they they come across, no matter if there's like there's somebody that I'd like to sit down and have a beer with, no matter what they are, yeah. if their lives aren't circled around the personhood of Jesus Christ, be careful, they're an antichrist. Yeah. On that note, go serve your King. Thank you guys again for joining us on this week's episode of Not Another Revelation Podcast. You can join us live in person each Sunday at North Linko Baptist Church at 10 a.m. Or you can go to our website, northlinko.org, to watch our live stream or check out our other podcasts, ministry information, past sermons, and past worship service. Thank you guys for tuning in.